Welcome to the Law of Living Well podcast with your hosts, Allie and Jess. Sit back, grab your wine or coffee. We don't judge. And join our conversation on the lessons, laughs, and real life moments from an 18-year friendship. You ready? So today we're sitting here with Christy and Christy and I met when we worked together years ago, which is kind of crazy. Um, We were talking at that point about our future engagements and kids and weddings and all of it seemed so far off. And now we're sitting here today and Christy is here to talk about not only her current state in life, which is being a mom to her one-year-old baby, who is literally the cutest (laughs) thing I've ever seen and the most well-behaved baby. I just need to say this, like so (laughs) well-behaved, like did an entire birthday party where he was the star of the show and like, oh my God, he made the party. And so that being said, like, it's just so crazy to think about where you come when you know someone before they're a parent and then you know them after. And Christy, I don't think you've changed in any way, like as a person, but you've really like come into this motherly instinct that I feel like you've always had and when we were at work you know Christy would always be like giving me advice and things like that so fast forward to now we've stuck in each other's lives we've moved on to different companies and I'm just so grateful Christy that you're here today and that you're able to kind of share some of this stage of life that Allie and I haven't quite hit yet oh my god yeah I'm so excited to be here I I always say that like Jess is my OG work wife, right? And I feel like in in life, you always kind of meet one of those coworkers and you kind of wish to meet another coworker like that again, but it just never happens. So even on my phone, you're still as work wife till 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 this day, which is which is crazy. <laughs> well, I'm honored and also to verify I have not found another work wife like you. <laughs> <laughs> hard to fill your shoes, but it's really great that, you know, through all of these things, we've stayed close. And I feel like even as our careers were in separate companies, we're still always giving each other advice and helping each other out. So with that, Christy, do you want to give just kind of like an update or a little bit, an update, a little bit of an intro <laughs> about what, you know, who you are and what you've yeah. been up to in the past year or so? Yeah, so like just mentioned, I'm Christy. Um, a little bit about my, um, I am born and bred in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I, I'm a Libra, a very stereotypical Libra. Uh, 30 years old. I just left my 20s exactly a month ago. Um, so I, I'm very much mourning. Uh, but it, it is it is nice here on, on this side. Um, I'm a customer marketing manager for a very well-known cybersecurity company that I'm not allowed to, to name. Um, but I'm a mother, a fiance. And I think my fiance would probably say that I feel like I'm a, he always says I'm a part-time experience planner just because I plan every little thing in our lives. Um, But yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Christy, I'm so excited that you finally got to come on the podcast. Just as some background, I was introduced to Christy through Jess and Christy helped put together essentially my engagement party. And like you just said, you like to plan experiences. I got to experience that firsthand, just seeing the effort and detail that you put into, you know, my plan for my engagement party and so many of the decorations and the theme and just your intent behind all of that. It's 
very, um, you know, I give you so much credit to be able to balance a very, you know, intense job with also being a mom to a very small child and being able to plan all of these things, including your own <laughs> wedding. Um, so I give you so much credit for being able to kind of balance all of these things. Um, but like we talked about earlier, you are a mom to a one-year-old. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your son and what your favorite thing is about being a mom to him? Oh my God. Yeah. So I feel like any, any response to this question is probably a very cheesy response, but I'm going to, I'll say it anyway. So my, my son, he's about to be 15 months old, actually on the third of, of this month. Um, his name is Miles. He has curly, curly hair. Um, and he has these like light brown eyes and he's super cute and he's, he's the greatest. Um, but I would say, I feel like the favorite, my favorite part of, of being a mom. And again, this is going to sound very cheesy, but if I'm having a really bad day, if I had a lot of meetings, if I just wake up in a really bad mood, if I'm annoyed, if something happened, or if I'm just having one of those weeks, anytime I see his face, I feel like it all gets better. And I feel like all of my worries, all of my concerns, all of my anxiety, all of my overthinking and thoughts, it just goes away. And there's there's no better feeling than walking into a room of like with your child in it and he looks up and sees you and it's like this ecstaticness and this huge smile and he just like runs or crawls to you. It's literally everything. And I wish, and I sometimes I wish I could like photograph or like record that specific moment and put it in my back pocket whenever I'm like feeling down and just like take it out of my my pocket just whenever I, I need it. But that's literally the, the best. Um, and I would say the second thing that I really love about being a mom, and again, this is going to sound super cheesy, is um, I think the responsibility that it brings, right? I think um, whether, you know, you're a mom or a dad or any type of parent, um, you really have like a huge responsibility to shape this little human's life, right? And I think the way you are and your own personality traits and your strengths and your weaknesses, they really do form this, this human. Um, and... I don't know. I find a lot of enjoyment in that, a lot of enjoyment. And it's also kind of very healing. And um, I'm a true believer in like generational traumas and like that passing down from generation to generation. And, um, you know, I just not just I know you and I have had this conversation before over dinner where like we had a really great conversation about like our relationship with food. Right. And um, that's something that for me, it's something that, you know, being 30, it's something I still work on to this day, just my relationship with food and, and it not being as healthy as it should be. But, you know, again, while I was pregnant, it was something that I'm now, I'm now not only worrying about myself, I'm worrying about this little human that I'm bringing into this life, right? And it's so important for me as a parent to make sure that my son also doesn't have these uh kind of traumas passed down to him as well, right? So while I was pregnant, I took so much time to just research on like, where does a relationship with food start, right? And and how can you improve a baby's relationship with food so that way when they grow older, it, it improves with time and it's something that they're not struggling with. So yeah, I think just being a, a mom overall, I think one of my biggest responsibilities is to make sure that my son feels seen and, and feels heard in, in every way possible. So just the excitement in that and the, 
what I was saying before. So I think it's, it's a huge responsibility for, for me just to make sure that, you know, my son also doesn't have that um, issue as he grows older to, you know, not having a really good relationship with food. And I spent so much time being pregnant, really researching, like, where does this start, right? Like us now as adults, right? You know, there's times where we might feel like, oh, I had this piece of chocolate today. I shouldn't have had it. It's something wrong. But then it's like questioning, like, where did that come from? Right. And I've done, you know, I, I'm a huge believer in therapy and I, I have a really great therapist. Um, and we've talked about that a lot where, you know, when I feel bad about eating a piece of chocolate, it's because when I was little, my mom would give me chocolates and candies as a reward. And if you really sit back and think about it, if you're rewarding a child with food, it kind of sounds insane, right? Like food should never be a reward. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's something just really important for me. And I think I take it as a huge responsibility of just making sure that I'm building a really great human and I, I will never be perfect at it, but, um, it's something that, you know, I love him a lot and it's something that I'll, I'll always try to, to prioritize. Well, I could already tell you that you like, you know, whoever knows what a perfect parent is. Like, I think everyone would have a different definition of that, but watching you, even just hearing you speak about all this, I'm sure Ali agreed. Like, this is definitely something like, even what you've just said is so inspiring in our lives too, because like, of course, like everyone eventually might become a parent or just as a mentor figure. So like, like you were saying, like we had a lot of discussions about that, like how, you know, I just spent a lot of time learning about eating psychology and it really does begin when you're young. And I think it's really easy to assume that like a child, they're just kind of following your lead and you're doing what you have to do to get by until they're at a certain age to comprehend things. But everything really does start at those early stages. And the fact that you are and have been so intentional about the values that you want to introduce in his life, but also giving him the freedom to kind of become his own person. I think that's something that is extremely admirable. And also a lot of people can kind of learn, like you just said all of these things, how this is like, you know, you love the responsibility and all that you do and all the thought that you put in. And we also started the episode talking about all of these other roles that you hold, but in a way it's like being a mom is your ultimate role. And all of these other things that you're doing are adding positive influences to that role. So, you know, who you are at work, that's helping you support miles, like who you are as a wife and a fiance, of course that impacts him, but like everything that you're doing and following your own passions, I'm sure one day that's also going to be something that you'll be able to tell him like, Hey, I had a really big passion outside of what I did from a career standpoint. And I went for it and I got creative and it's always okay to do that. So I know that there's big things ahead for miles and he's probably going to be the next president or something. <laughs> I don't know about president, but I mean, one could dream. I am. But no, I think I, I totally agree. Right. Like I think I always think about that. Like when he gets older, what is he going to think of the woman and the mother that I am years from now? Right. And, and it's, it's so true. Like, I, I just think as women period, right. Like we, we wear many, many different hats and they're all equally important. 
right? Like um, being a mom is super important, but being a best friend is super important. Being a coworker is important. Being a fiance, a wife, a, a you know, a sister, they're all super and equally important. Um, but, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that you could ever like strive for perfection in, you know, each of those roles, but um, prioritizing what needs to be prioritized within those roles is definitely important too. Something that actually happened um, too, I think going back to like the eating thing, and it's actually a funny story. Um, last week, uh, Omar was actually in, in Vegas uh, and um, he, it was me and, and Miles here. And like I said before, I'm I'm like not a big cook. Like cooking is just not my thing. And I'm totally okay with that. Like I just, I'm never, I'm not a good cook. But, you know, I was like, okay, this is my week with Miles. I'm going to cook this week. I'm going to try really, really hard to make really good meals, which most of them were like a really big winner for him. But there was one meal that I made and I was so excited for it. And I had him on a high chair and I gave it to him and he just didn't want it. He didn't like it. And I think like in those moments, I, I you know, it's so easy for you to feel frustrated and be like, oh. It, and, and it's so easy to like force a child to like eat the food and keep persisting. But it was one of those moments where I like paused myself and I was like, well, there's times as adults where we might be over at our friend's house and their parents might make us food and we probably don't like it either. Or there's times as adults where we cook something and we try really hard at it and we eat it and we hate it, right? And they're also they're babies. They're, they're humans too. I might just have made something that day where he's just like, eh, I'm not really for this. Right. So it, it takes time to like rebalance and realign and say, okay, I, I'm not going to force him to eat this today. You know, just like me, he might just not want this and that's okay. And I might just have to find something else for him to eat today. But yeah, I think, I think all of those, those little things and, and kind of just making sure that he feels very seen in that moment and feels very heard in that moment is something super important that I feel like I always try to remind myself in, in those moments. You can already just tell from listening to you explain, you know, how much you care for Miles and how intentional you are with all of your different parenting decisions. And I feel like, like you said, there's never going to be like the perfect parent or the perfect response to every single situation. But like we kind of talked about earlier, it all starts from when you're a child and how, you know, your parent, your the person you look up to responds to situations and how they explain things to you and how they just treat you in general and what kind of ideas they associate with food, for example, like we're talking about here or just different aspects of life and just hearing a little bit about how intentional you are with all of those decisions. I can already tell, you know, Miles is set up for success because he has someone that genuinely cares about him and all of these decisions, even though you may not have the right answer or you may not know how to respond in the moment, you have his best intention at heart. And I feel like that just truly encompasses motherhood, like putting your kid first, even if you don't know what the right answer is and just kind of figuring out what is going to be best for them in that moment. Oh, for sure. And I mean, we're, we're never perfect, right? Like there are times where I get super frustrated or I think as people, we're never perfect, right? And I think, like I said, in all those different roles, we're never perfect. So as mom, we're never, we'll, we'll never be perfect either. So yeah, and I think just like knowing that and accepting that from the get-go is, is super helpful. 
<laughs> Love it. Well, you, okay. Like already, I know that this is going to help so many people just in like, cause I feel like inspired and I'm nowhere near, you know, having a child. And I feel like so inspired <laughs> and I'm starting to already think about things that I would like, you know, what I think is powerful is right now I'm thinking about things in my life to your point of like, you know, you pass things on and like traumas, anxiety, stress, and there's things that I do in my life right now and things that I'm fearful for, or I'm holding myself back in. And it's a really good reminder that like those things, like, it's not like, you know, I'll find out I'm pregnant one day and all of a sudden I'll change my entire personality. These are things I can start to work on now because as a mom, I don't want to carry on these things. So I already know if I'm feeling like that, then I'm sure people listening are also like getting the chills a little bit, but before, <laughs> you know, when we take it back 10,000 steps, this is what, let's just talk through kind of the journey. So you find out you're pregnant, right? What an incredible, amazing moment. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about like, you don't have to tell any details you don't want to, but like where you were or like how, like, what was your first just like inside reaction? Like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually have it marked on my calendar. It was December 10th. <laughs> December 10th, super early in the morning. Um, and actually, just to preface this, it was uh, a few days before this. I remember Omar and I were having dinner and I was like, I think I'm, I'm late. Um, and I have a very healthy cycle. So for me to be late that month was very weird to me. Um, so I was like, I think I'm late. And I'm like, oh my God, what if I'm pregnant? And I like, I started laughing and he was like, oh, stop it. Don't like joke like that. And I was just like, ah, oh, like what, what would we do? Right. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And like, we just had a whole conversation around what we would do. And a few days later, I remember waking up and I'm a very deep sleeper. Um, but I remember waking, it was almost as if I was thinking about it in my sleep. And I don't know if this ever happened to you guys, but like when you're sleeping and you're thinking, and then you suddenly like wake up, but you still kind of know what you were thinking about, um, either in your dream or when you were at, you know, asleep. But when I woke up that morning, I remember thinking like, if I am pregnant, you know, I, I definitely want to make a decision to, to have this baby. Um, and I, of course, being the early bird, I'm a very big morning person and Omar in the past never was. I woke up super early. It must've been like maybe 7 a.m. And I remember I texted my best friend, Laura, and I was like, Laura, I'm late. Do you think I should like take a test this morning? And she was like, absolutely. She was like, take your ass all the way to Walgreens when they open in 30 minutes. <laughs> she was like, take a test. So I remember FaceTiming her on my way to Walgreens, getting the test, coming back. Meanwhile, Omar's like dead asleep, probably in his like 10th dream. Um, and I remember being in the bathroom, taking the test. Weirdly enough, I feel like while I was going through this, it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, how weird would it be if, if it actually was, or if I am pregnant? And I kind of wanted to be, but then another half of me was like, oh my God, what if I am pregnant? You know, like, it was like two very split emotions. Um, and then I remember looking at the test and seeing it 
tested positive and telling my like best friend, like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I feel like literally in that moment, I remember exact, I remember the, the, just, I remember everything, every little detail of my face, my, what I was wearing, everything in that specific moment. And one thing I knew for sure, no matter how I felt in that moment was that I wanted this baby more than anything. And I felt excitement at first, super excited. And then I remember after that, I also FaceTimed my other friend. It, it's funny because I feel like I FaceTimed the world before I woke up Omar, like <laughs> throughout this whole thing, Omar's still sleeping. Oh my God, eventually. Omar's sleeping. Omar's literally sleeping. I, I, after Laura, because I remember Laura was like, well, go wake up Omar Town. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I FaceTimed my other friend, Ophimi, and we were FaceTiming. I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. And same thing. And then finally, I go over to Omar and he's asleep, right? Like dead asleep. I wake him up and like, I like, like nudge him a little bit. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. And now I want to like pause this really quick because, you know, when somebody wakes me up or like, if if I've woken up, like if I've woken up to an alarm, like, you know, I have to like readjust and I hate alarms, but like, imagine. Imagine being like woken up to like the first words. Hey, your life's changing forever. (laughs) Like the first words that he heard is like, I'm pregnant. And like it took him like a second, right? Because of course he's like waking up. It took him like a hot second to be like, wait. I remember like his face was like, wait, what? What did you just say? And then I was like, I'm pregnant. And then his first response was like, are we gonna do this? And it was like a very like is this gonna happen? And then I was like, yeah. And he was, and to give some context, like since I've known Omar for years, like he's always told me like, I'm so excited to be a father one day. I can't wait to have children one day. Where on the other side, I've been very like, oh, I could totally wait. Like, <laughs> like I wanna live my life. Like I'm very opposite from him. So he was super excited. And I think in that moment I was super excited, but I think, um, something that's super important is like normalizing, not being excited. Right. Because I think in that moment I was super excited, but then in the next few weeks, I knew that I wanted to make this decision and I knew that I would never change my mind in this decision that I made. But because it was very unplanned for us, I feel like I definitely went through this stage where I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it was almost like I was mourning my like the old Christy right I was like how is this going to change my life right am I going to see my friends as often as I want to see them am I going to travel as often am I going to be able to do xyz right and I had a couple of weeks where I was literally laying on the couch not doing anything and I think if you looked it up in the book probably somebody would be like you're depressed girl you know like somebody would look at me like you are fully depressed and I definitely was and I think it it was more so of like, again, I'm a huge planner. I like planning things and that's just who I am um, at the core. So because this wasn't something that was planned, it wasn't anything that I was expecting. Um, So I went through this stage where I just felt like I didn't know what was on the other side of the fence. And that really, really was scary. And I kept thinking like, how is our life going to change? Will my relationship change? Will my relationship with my friends change? You know, I'm the first mom out of my friend group. Are they going to look at me different? Are they going to not invite me to things anymore because they think I'm a mom, right? Or, you know, am I going to be left out? Or 
how my day is going to be consumed with my child, right? And to me, that was something super worrisome. Um, and with time, I, my feelings changed, but it wasn't overnight, right? And I think, I think a, a lot of women feel this way, but they just don't say it out loud because in society, how how does that sound, right? Like, like for example, Jess, you just asked me, like, oh, how excited were you, right? And I think like. It, for society standards, right? Like women are supposed to be really excited and it's not normalized that like, actually, no, like this is a huge change, you know, like a huge change in your life, a huge change to your body, a huge change to like just your mind, your routine, your relationships. So it's, it's so normal to not feel excitement as your first emotion and to feel worried and scared and then get past that. And then you'll probably feel excited. Right. And that was definitely the the case. I've just started to see that more Mm. often in, you know, on social media, like women sharing, even a completely planned pregnancy, like married for years, trying to conceive and having those moments of excitement, but then also reality sets in and exactly what you said, like the morning starts of how am I going to see my friends will I be treated differently like exactly how you characterized it is something that's like so new at least to me from the outside perspective not being in that position um and so I can only imagine for someone like you and like myself who is and so even with a planned pregnancy I feel like there's just so many unknowns especially for your first one that it is so easy to fall into that mindset and almost like that depression or I'm sure there's like a medical term for it but (laughs) almost like the pre-baby blues of like what is my life going to look like and do you think you know during that phase relying on family and friends and sharing the news with them you know helped you get back to that phase of excitement and feeling support or do you think it was more difficult during that time to kind of share the news, not knowing, you know, how you really felt at that time? I would say it was kind of different for me because I think it, I was the first mom out of my group um, of friends. So I think if I had friends that were mom at the time, it would be a bit different for me. I would feel like I have a community at the time. I didn't feel that way. I did share, you know, the news with my friends and they were excited for me, but they also felt my anxiousness and they also felt my, you know, weariness around it. So because they felt that from me, you know, they didn't, they weren't automatically excited. Right. I think they were first like, okay, like, how can I help? Right. Um, but I, I would say the one person that I think helped with really making me feel excited around it was my own mom and I always I always say this to this day that like when becoming a mom I think in the past I I would always hear my mother but now being a mother I fully understand her you know and and going through this journey and like I think having her by my side has been super just helpful for me um but yeah I think going back to to your question for me, it wasn't more so my friends and it's, you know, it's not anything on, on them. Right. I think it's just where they were in their lives. They really couldn't, um, I wouldn't say sympathize, but they couldn't really relate to what I was feeling. Um, but I also think that probably 
contributed to me feeling a bit depressed during that time too, right? It, I think if I did have friends that were mom around that time, I'm sure I would feel that, I would probably feel that the way that I was feeling was very normal. If another mom said, oh, Christy, I felt that too. It's okay, right? Where I didn't really have somebody that told me at that time that it's normal. And, it, you know, there was even a period where even with Omar, we had such, uh, we had a couple of weeks and even months where, you know, I was like, I don't feel excited, but you do. And it was this very weird, like, you know, he would be so excited. And, you know, there were times where he would come and sit with me and he'd be like, what can I do to like help you be more excited and, and help you not worry and help you not feel like you're losing someone? Because in that moment to me, it's like, I'm losing myself completely, right? Like I'm bringing life into this world, but I'm losing myself. And I couldn't knock that feeling and I couldn't shake it off. And no matter who tried to console me in that time, it just didn't work. It had to be something like, it had to be me that changed that mindset or not changed it, but I just genuinely, I just think time helped. Um, so yeah. I feel like that is such an important thing. I mean, cause the way that you're saying that you almost like, you know, if you heard someone else that would have told you like, Christy, this is so normal. Like you're going to feel this way. I think you saying this right now is automatically, I mean, Allie and I, if we go, you know, we get to this point and we have similar thoughts, like already, I think you've impacted us. Never mind all the people who are listening to this. And it's so important to be realistic about these things because while this, I don't think compares entirely, I have been experiencing some similar types of feelings when I have big transitions. So like, we bought our house and hearing every single person around us congratulate us and be like, oh my God, you're a homeowner and all this stuff. It's still, I have moments where I almost get like weirdly sad and I don't know why that is. It's almost like, I don't know if it's maybe mourning like the piece of us that was like young and like we didn't have, you know, a mortgage and all this other stuff. And then there's also this big career transition I made, which should be so exciting. And sometimes it does hit me in that way where I'm like, oh my God, like, did I really do this? And like, what if I can't support my future family? And like, what if I can't support this house we just bought? And so I go in these kind of like ebbs and flows where I almost feel like you have to, like, we have to normalize, I guess, some of these things. So whether that's, finding out you're pregnant or even like getting engaged. Like you guys both obviously are experienced in that. I think you both were like head over heels, but at the same time, I'm sure there's people who go through these milestones and in the midst of being congratulated and having so much support around you, if you have these moments where you're like, whoa, because naturally your brain's trying to process what the heck just happened and how much is going to change. It's, it's ha like, I guess it is, it's pretty normal just to have these moments where it's a little low and then you get to that high and then you level out and things become your norm again. Oh, for sure. I think like through any big change, like even what, what you just mentioned around like getting a, or buying a house, right? Like I'm sure there are a lot of other things. And from my friends too, that have bought houses, I've heard like, it's not, it's not like an easy breezy <laughs> process, no. you know, and even after after you're in your house, it's also not an easy, easy process, right? And I think with any big, like, life change, 
um, yeah, it, it definitely should be normalized that, you know, it, whether with a baby or a pregnancy, right? Like whether you planned for it or not, it's very normal to give yourself that time to kind of just align with what's happening within that moment, right? Because sometimes I, I truly feel like sometimes your mind doesn't really catch up to what's happening with many things in, in life, right? So yeah, definitely, definitely needs to be normalized a bit more and talked about more too. <laughs> you know, you go through this, you find out you're pregnant, you have these moments. And of course, like there's this long period of time where you're adjusting mentally. And like, it sounds like, which I'm not surprised about because Omar is literally the, like, I just am so happy that he is (laughs) with, like you guys are together. And that this is like, he's always, you both are like, you were parents before you were parents. Like, it's just the people where you look at them and you're like, oh Yeah. yeah. Like, it just makes sense, you know? So I, you know, going all the way back, when you got past some of this stuff, I already mentioned that I feel like you've had this like maternal energy, but do you feel like it kind of like increased or kicked in as you got further along in your pregnancy? Um, And did you kind of feel like things changed just from the perspective of like, okay, I am going to be a mom, like not one day, but like very soon. I feel like it happened all very, I guess the way that it was supposed to happen. Um, I wouldn't say that it was definitely like, it wasn't an overnight thing where I was like, okay, I'm a mom, you know, (laughs) like time, time to mom, right? Like it definitely wasn't that, but it was more so, I think kind of like going back to what you said, like um, us as like parents um, and putting us as parents aside, us as people, even before we were in a relationship with each other, I feel like we have always been very giving and very helpful people, right? And and um, in in many many different ways to our friends. And I feel like if you asked our friends groups that, if you asked our friends group that question, they would probably say the same thing. You know, like Omar is definitely the type of person where, like, if your if your car, you know, if you're his friend, and if you get stranded, I don't know, an hour from here, and you call him, and like you really need his help, he'll be like, yeah, sure, he'll cancel everything in his day and drive out there and help you get your car working, right? Um, but I think it it just goes back to like that's just who we are as people, that's who we are as partners, and who we are to our friends, and then that's just how we are as parents. Um, but I will say one thing that I think has changed, and I guess has made me more of a mom, is um, I, I think through more, um, special moments that I want to have with Miles, right? So for example, right, like Christmas, his, his first Christmas was last year and I've, I'm always a huge holiday person. I love Halloween, love Christmas, love Thanksgiving, love all of that. And I always decorate, like I've always just been that person that like goes all out and, and decorates for those things. Um, but when it was Miles' first Christmas, I thought even more into like, well, what are going to be our family traditions, right? Like, what is Miles going to know? Like when he wakes up in the morning on Christmas morning, like what are what are those things that in the future when he's talking to his friends, he's going to say, oh my gosh, like I really love that. Like every single morning, my dad would always dress up as Santa. Like and even, I'm 15, 16 now and it's something that like he still does, which is super corny, you know, like <laughs> something like that, right? Um, but I've definitely put more thought into what are memories that we can build that he will always remember in the future. And I, I also think it's something just, 
again, it's also very healing. I also think being a parent is very healing in so many ways, right? Because I think back to like my own experience um, of, of Christmases, you know, I always got lots of presents, but um, my mom just wasn't the type of like, creative type of person um but it's always something that I've yearned for like a lot of my friends like their parents would make cookies and like for Halloween they would bake Halloween cookies and I always loved that and I always admired it and I think that's stuck with me and it still sticks with me to this day where when I think about making memories for Miles I'm like I I want those things for him right like I I want him to enjoy that I want us to have that quality family time so I would say in terms of like being more maternal, it's just about, I put in a little bit more effort into making those experiences just fun for us as a, as a family. And now that, you know, you've gotten to become comfortable with being a mom, you know, you said miles is about to be 15 months. So, you know, you've had a little bit of experience of what it's like learning and trust me, you're going to have a lot more learning to do over the years, as I'm sure you know. Um, but looking back on, you know, what you've already learned um, and comparing it to, you know, what your initial thoughts were, you know, either before you got pregnant or when you first got pregnant, is there any advice that you received, whether, whether it was good advice or bad advice, um, you know, before or during your pregnancy that now you're realizing either was good and helpful or just completely was not true or not helpful for you at all? Yeah. So good advice, I would say, um, sleep training. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a phrase, right? Like sleep training your, your baby when, when they're young and it's, it's more about kind of teaching them how to be independent and how to soothe them, soothe themselves back to sleep. Um, and it's something that my mom didn't do with me. And I remember her telling me like, make sure you build and instill really good sleep habits for miles. And now I understand why. Um, so, you know, at three months, that's something me and Omar did. We followed the um, Berber method where there are many different methods to, to sleep train your child. I'm not for the like uh, cry it out method where you just like leave your child in the room and let them cry it out literally. Not for that. The Ferber method is more so like a balance in between giving them the opportunity to kind of be a bit independent and soothe themselves while also going in and consoling them within certain kind of intervals of, of time. So that's definitely an advice that I think has helped us a lot and it's helped us prioritize our sleep. And I'm a true believer in like, if it's so important for you to fill your own cup in order to like pour into others. And for us also, sleep is a very big one for us. We love our sleep. Um, so it's very important just for us to be like mentally stable. So definitely something that was helpful. Um, bad advice, I would say something that I've heard a lot from older people um, was make sure that you breastfeed. Um, I think that was a big one um, where I got a lot of pressure to breastfeed from many different people. It almost felt like it wasn't a choice for me. I would always ask, I would always get asked while I was pregnant, like, did you buy your pump? Great. Are you like ready to do this? Are you ready to do pumping sprints? Are you ready to do X, Y, Z? And um, going through that journey of breastfeeding for the time that I did, I think I, I realized something that was super important, which was the most important thing is that your baby is fed no matter how you decide to do that, whether that's formula or breastfeeding, 
that's the most important thing, right? There are a lot of women out there that just can't, their bodies can't simply produce as much milk as others. There's women out there that just simply choose not to, right? And I think normalizing that and making sure that I think as, as women in this world, I feel like there are many things against us, right? And, and coming into this community of mothers, it's, it's a bit sad that I, you know, in, in this community, sometimes a lot of moms who choose to not breastfeed, they're looked down upon because, you know, breastfeeding is kind of the, it's looked at as like, you know, it's the right thing to do and it's the best thing to do for your baby. And if you're not breastfeeding, you don't care about your, your baby. Um, and I, I think having went through that journey, it's definitely taught me that actually making sure that you're mentally stable and that, you know, you're, you're running on one hour of sleep literally every single day. And you might be going through postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. You're trying to figure out this new motherhood thing. You're trying to figure out how to feed your child, how to bathe your child and to do so many new things. And the last thing that you should be worrying about is the pressure of feeding your child through your breast, because that's what your mom or your aunt or your friend told you is the right thing to actually do. Um, so yeah, I would say that's probably the worst advice. And uh, I think it's just all about doing what's right for you and doing what's right for the baby. I love that. And I feel like it's very, you know, nowadays, it's more prevalent than ever that, you know, women are advocating for their rights, which they shouldn't have to be doing. But at least it's more out in the forefront and like it still somehow is the women that are coming forward and saying you know this is the right thing to do exactly like you said like I already get questions from Frank or whoever it may be like well you're gonna breastfeed when you have kids right and I'm like first off I'm not thinking about having children and second I'm going to do what I feel is best for me and for my child when that time comes and those are the two people that it matters to not to your great grandmother, your aunt, your coworker, whoever it may be that may have breastfed and, you know, it worked out for them. Like you said, there's so many reasons that go into it. And so, you know, obviously I feel badly for you that you had to, you know, go through that and have those comments be projected on you just because that's honestly one less thing that you have to be worrying about before you're about to, you know, create a human and raise them is, okay, is this, am I already making a bad choice before even making the choice? Um, so I think that was very important to highlight because it's still a very controversial topic nowadays. Um, so thank you for, you know, touching on that and sharing, you know, where you stand with it. Of course. Yeah. I think it's something that should be talked about more. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about it too much. I feel like you always just hear the side of like, you should breastfeed it's good for the baby, you know, and it kind of starts and ends there. So um, yeah, of course, I think it's something that should be talked about more. And Kirstie, you mentioned a lot about, like, I know you mentioned it in terms of sleep, but your self-care has to be, I'm sure, so important, not only when you're pregnant, but now as a mother and, you know, Omar as well. And we kind of, you know, we talked all about all the hats, all the roles that you're playing, and I do think you do an amazing job of managing a lot of that, but what do you do for your own self-care when 
ultimately you could say your full-time 24 hours a day, seven days a week job is being a mother. Are there times where you just kind of prioritize yourself a little bit more so that you have more energy to give? Oh, for sure. I think like, so yes, I, I think it's it's super important to kind of just prioritize self-care period. Um, like I said before, you know, making sure that your cup is full and, you know, once your cup is full, you're able to kind of pour into others, whether that be your son or friendships or family. Um, it's something that, you know, me and, and Omar prioritize all the, the time. And, um, but, you know, to be very honest, like, we're also not perfect at that either. Um, it's, it's something that we always try to work on. And, you know, there's some months where I, I always say, um, like, when you look at your life, I feel like your life is kind of like a life pie, right? Like, you have like, health, going out with friends, family time, uh, you know, time with your fiance, whatever, boyfriend, husband, uh, time for yourself, working out, your wellness. And you can't give everything 100%. There's just no way. And if somebody tells you that they're perfect and that they give everything 100%, they're lying. Okay. Um, it just, you just physically can't. Um, but we try, you know, like we, we definitely try. And I think self-care for us is more so now that we have a child, I think it's about planning ahead of time. Right. So like, for example, we make sure that every single month there's on the weekend, there's two weekends out of the month where we have quality family time. Right. And then again, there's one time a month where on a weekend, Omar and I have like a date night and it's quality time. Because at the end of the day, like Jess, right? Like you live with CJ, you see CJ every single day, but just because you live with him and see him every day doesn't mean that you guys are spending quality time together. And that also goes with my son, right? I see him every day. I work remotely. There's times during my lunch, I go upstairs, I play with him. And I love that I have the liberty to do that, but that doesn't mean that it's quality time with him. So I think that's part of our self-care, right? Like making sure that we're planning ahead and that we're baking in like a lot of um, family time every single month and lots of one-on-one -on -one time between me and Omar. And then also making sure that like I'm making time for my friends, whether that's FaceTiming with them, going out with them, voice noting them every single day and keeping up with that. But there's never a month where I could say, oh my gosh, this month I showed up for everybody, including myself, you know? So there, there's always times or months where I'm like, man, you know, I didn't go to the gym enough this month or man me and Omar weren't able to have a date night this month because we were doing other things um and that's okay right there's always next time um but one thing that's huge for me that I started doing is uh waking up a little earlier and having some me time before everybody in my house wakes up and that is like my golden hour like that is everything to me like I wake up I'm downstairs I make my coffee if I'm in the mood, I'll, I'll meditate. Uh, but that alone time with myself is everything. We just talked about this on, um, our prior episode about habits and little things that we can do to kind of, you know, either start our day on the good foot or, you know, your midday pick me up or something that you do before you wrap up your day and go to sleep. So especially, you know, balancing, obviously for you, Christy, planning a wedding. Um, I'm with you. It's not easy. And I have a 
five month old golden retriever that gives me enough, you know, running for my money. So I can only imagine (laughs) raising a small human while also planning a wedding and navigating, you know, your new journey on life with, you know, getting married and being a wife and, you know, being a homemaker and doing all of these things, wearing all of these hats at once. So I know it can be super difficult and I'm glad you were able to, you know, find little things to help balance out your, you know, responsibilities and caretaking for others, which you love to do, but also realizing I have to, you know, take care of myself and make sure I'm in the best place. And the little things throughout your day can really make a big change. So, you know, I'm sure it's super helpful for anybody out there that may be struggling or, you know, feeling overwhelmed with balancing, raising a child or children and balancing work and being a significant other to somebody else that just taking a step back and finding those little moments in time that you can put yourself first is like, everything and it's okay to prioritize that over doing something productive or you know prepping something for the day when you'll have time to do that later so I think that's definitely you know something that's so important and I'm super glad for you that you were able to find you know something that you're comfortable being like this is how I'm starting my day and this makes me feel you know like I'm starting off on a good foot I totally agree I I think um Again, I think it's another thing that like you'll never, as parents, right? Like you'll never be perfect at it. And I think like reminding yourself that self-care is important and to make time for self-care and to make time for yourself is also very important. Um, but it's it's always a work in progress. Like, you know, I, I, I won't sit here and be like, oh my gosh, I do self-care. I, I'm great at self-care, right? Or like, you know, me and Omar are great at always making time for each other and always going on dates every single weekend because we're not, you know, and we probably never will be so perfect at it. And it's something that we're okay with. Right. And I think it's just, it's something that you learn and you build a routine and you build a balance that just works for you as a couple and for you as parents. Yeah. That's like perfectly segueing to like into a lot of the conversations we've been having lately on the podcast is we just did our episode about habits last week and it really is just about what works for you too because while I think it's so important and the reason we asked about like self-care and stuff like that and balancing is because you I think it's important to note that becoming a mom does not mean that your life ends in all the other ways like of course it's different, but at the same time, you're able to still follow passions. I mean, we've gotten dinners, we've done things. So like, I don't think, I actually think we talk more now, but it's definitely something that is worth noting that you can do it all, but like you have to find that rhythm that works not only for you, your partner, but your child, your child. And then like, you know, another one comes along one day, I'm sure things change again. So thank you so much for just kind of like touching on some of these things that I think, like you said, I know you use the word like cheesy and I don't think it's cheesy. Some of the things you said about being a mom, but at the same time, there's a lot of moms who will say those things, but not a lot that I think will so openly talk about kind of the behind the scenes. Right. Like I, I think, um, and it, it's, it's funny that, that you say that, that like, you know, I feel like we talk more now or like, you know, you're still like the original Christy to me. Cause it's something that I've heard a lot actually. And I think like when I hear that from people, I'm always like, 
huh? Like, I, I, and I think it's more so surprising for me because it's like, of course, I, I, I'm not going to change, right? Like, of course, I'm, I'm me. Um, but it's something that I feel like becoming a parent, it's, it's like an add-on to like who you already are, right? Like, I will always be Christy. I will always prioritize Christy. Um, but I am not just a mom, right? Like, as people, like we're, we're so much more than that. And we can do so much more than that. And while I love being a mom and I love my son and I love that quality time and like, there's no greater job than being a mom. And, you know, that's my personal opinion, but at the same time, I also love like hanging out with my friends and I love like traveling and I love planning events. And I, I love all these other things. Right. And just because there's this new role in my life doesn't mean that, you know, it should take away from the other things that I love too. Absolutely. And so now asking kind of like a different question, but another one that I think I'm curious about, maybe others are too. And I think you'll give an honest answer is of course, social media is a big part of our lives. Like we can't deny it. It's kind of everywhere. And so that being said, when you think about people who became mothers like 50 years ago, they I'm sure like you had advice from other people in their lives, their own parents, their friends. But I think right now it's really easy to be exposed to so many opinions and ideas and approaches and products. Like I can only imagine the market that is like mothers on TikTok and things like that, because now it's very easy for people to just kind of share those things regularly. And with all of that, do you find that it's you're in this like kind of comparison trap with some of that stuff that you see stuff online? You're like, oh, like, should I be doing that? Or do you feel like you've kind of been, you just follow your own instincts because to be honest, you sound like everything that you say sounds like it's coming from a place of instinct, but I'm sure social media has got to play somewhat of a role. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Oh, for sure. I think um, like the generation that we are, right? Like we heavily rely on social media from everything from like where I want to eat tonight or like the new bra that I'm purchasing, right? Like the new Skims bra that I, I want to get, right? It's something that I found out from TikTok. So yeah, I think like for sure, even like becoming a mom while I was pregnant and researching all these baby products, it was all influenced from social media. But I think you bring up a really, really good point when it comes to like comparison, right? And like, I think naturally, even the person that says that they don't compare when they're on social media, they compare. Um, and I think it's just, it's what makes social media so profitable, right? Like if, if we didn't compare or if we didn't like that t-shirt that that influencer was wearing, or if we, if we didn't purchase that baby, I don't know, crawling class that this mom influencer said would help your baby crawl faster, it would make social media less money, right? So yeah, I, I think that's that's at the at the root of it. And you know, I'll I'll be very honest. Of course, like I, it's it's natural to compare, and it's something that I've definitely done in the past. And I think at my core, I'm an overthinker, and that's just who I am. And I mean, just you know me, like I'm definitely an overthinker. I've always been an overthinker. I've always been an overthinker, and 
you know, there have been things even with my son where I'm like, well, my son isn't doing that yet. Right. Or like, um, I don't know, like there's, there's small things where I'm like, wow, like, wow, you know, my son isn't, isn't walking yet. Why not? Is it something that I'm doing wrong? Right. Am I a bad mom? Am I not working? Am I not putting in the time? Am I, is, is he not up to par? Is something wrong with him? And, you know, it's, again, normal to have these thoughts. And I think it's so normal to compare, especially again, in mom world, when, you know, you see other moms and their kids are walking and it's just, it's very natural to just say, oh my gosh, I love my son. I care about my son. I I want him to walk too. Right. Um, And it's also very easy to like put yourself in a very black hole and be like, what am I doing wrong? Right. Like, what am I not doing right? What is wrong about me? Um, And what is wrong about my son? And there have been times where I've caught myself in those situations. And I will say, this is, this is where like Omar steps in and Omar's so, so good at being like, he is who he is. He's going to learn at the pace that he's going to learn. He's a child. And it's so funny, this happened like literally a few weeks ago. And he was like, you're walking, right? (laughs) He was like the person across the street, she's walking, right? And he was like, And he would remind me because, you know, we had this conversation with my mom and my mom was like, well, Kristen, you were the same thing too. You didn't walk until really late, right? And it's it's in those moments where somebody gives you a reality check and somebody's trying to comfort you and somebody's trying to say like, you're not a bad mom, right? Like you're not bad. Your kid isn't bad. There's nothing wrong with your son. So, so yeah, I I think um, whether you, you're a parent or not, right? Like, I feel like it's so important to just remind yourself of, you know, with social media, it's so easy to compare with many things in, in life. But I think it's, it's really about like, just you and, and what's right for you. And, you know, if you're a mom, what's, what's right for for your son or, or for your daughter and just reminding yourself of those things. And, and there are many times that I'm very grateful for, for Omar because he is not an overthinker. He's more like, I don't give a shit of what people think about my son. Or like, he's he's very much of like, I don't care what, what people think about me, you know? And I, I love that about him because I'm definitely a person that that needs that. And he also doesn't have social media. So that probably tells you a lot. He just hates social media, literally. But yeah, I I think like, also another thing that I think is important to, to, something that I've noticed about myself is ever since becoming a mom, I feel like I spend less time on social media. I feel like before I was all about like taking pictures of like where I'm at or like what I'm eating or like just all of these things. And don't get me wrong, I still do that now sometimes, but I don't know. I feel like having a child sometimes like puts life into perspective for you and you really start to like realize like what really matters, right? Like me filming my food isn't as important to me anymore or like me taking a really good picture isn't something I'm prioritizing, right? Like, but me being in the moment and having dinner with my friend and having my phone off and like having a really great conversation takes priority. Yeah, I think that that makes complete sense. And also like you have a lot of people, like to your point, social media is a business and we're going on looking for kind of inspiration, which I think is healthy to a certain level. But then there's also, you know, they call it shopping for pain where 
you can sit there and you could absolutely, there's almost guaranteed, you could find 10 people who are living a life that is in your mind better than yours. Those 10 people can then, that you think are living that better life can also find 10 other people and so on and so on. And when you become a mom and everything that you've talked about this entire episode, you have that ideal life literally living around you every single day. So when you go on social media, like is the girl who's posting in like all of the latest, like Kim Kardashian collection that appealing anymore? Because you have so much genuine happiness in front of you. So I think that definitely makes sense. And I think Christy, you have come so far in, you know, your own learning process and realizing what, you know, the important things are. And I feel like just from talking with you about it today, you encompass, you know, what it means to go through motherhood from finding out you're pregnant to all of the emotions that come with that, how to raise your child and all of the outside influences, um, you know, that mothers are faced with. And I think you've, from what I've heard today, honestly learned so much already in your time as being a mother. And I think you've shared so, so many important things that a lot of our listeners out there who, you know, are about to find out they're pregnant or are pregnant or, you know, are struggling young mother, um, they will find so much comfort in what you've shared today. So I think a good way to wrap up our episode today is going back to, you know, finding out you were going to be a mother. What would you tell yourself being where you are now? Meaning, is there any advice you'd give yourself or any lessons that, you know, you've learned that you wish you could, you know, tell yourself it's going to be okay or, you know, anything like that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like this is a very hard question. Um, um, I think, I think I would tell myself that life gets better, right? Because I I think, um, for me, at least in, in my experience, like I said, I was very worried and anxious about kind of like losing myself and my identity changing and not being able to do things. But I think I would just tell myself to trust the process and that life only enhances with another member of our family, right? Um, and that I definitely won't lose myself. And that I think, um, if anything, I feel like I'm like an amplified version of who I already was, if that makes any sense. And it's very weird. It's like, um, it's like I'm on X Games mode. <laughs> weird to say, but literally I, I, I feel like I'm just like a leveled up version of myself. Like I still am who I am, but I'm just more so, I don't know. I'm, I'm even more than I was in like the most beautiful way. Well, I, you, that hundred percent makes sense. First of all, Second of all, I am so honored to like know you and to have you as part of my life because I know already that, you know, what even I mean, I know already because it's happened that anything I go through, even when it was like me deciding to leave my first job that I had out of college and like you've always been there giving really good words of advice. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart to just like for coming on here and being so open and sharing all of this because 
this episode I know is going to touch people and whether, you know, like Ali said, like, you don't know, like what life's going to bring. And I think it's really nice to just always look ahead to these positive things and these milestones in life, but also to know that being realistic about it and accepting and giving yourself grace for the way that you process it and the way that you grow from it, it always leads to a good outcome, but it's important to kind of recognize that the path isn't just straightforward as you know it can appear from the outside, especially online. It really is this journey that you take with yourself. And I, in seeing just the first year of Miles's life, I feel like you absolutely have grown. You've come into your own. I feel like you're more confident than ever. So I hope that everyone got a taste of that today. Oh, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> No, but thanks for having me. This was actually really fun. It's funny because Omar's in like, he's upstairs and I think he could hear me and he was like, oh my gosh. Like, he's like, you guys are still talking. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me. This is, this is actually super fun. Well, I'm so glad you were able to join us, Chrissy. And I echo absolutely everything Jess said. You know, I enjoyed getting to know you on an even more personal level. Obviously, you know, I've known a little bit about you through Jess and just in meeting you myself. But I think, you know, you really provided such good and genuine insight as to where you've been and where you're currently at. And I wish you and Miles and Omar nothing but the best, um, all of the happiness, health and success in the world. And I can't wait to see how, you know, things progress with Miles and where he ends up growing up and what he ends up doing. Aw, thank you. So many thanks to you, Christy. And we will talk to everyone in our episode next week. And we hope that you enjoy your week. Take this inspiration, take all of our episodes in and make what you will of it. And it's going to be a good season for everyone. I feel this in the air. Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 